I don't really think there is there's such a thing as an intrinsically bad person. Welcome to Private Parts. And that was her way of saying that I was too fat to wear certain clothes. I, you know, it sounds stupid. I had a beautiful relationship with my breath. The podcast that's not afraid to go there. I would like to think that, that things could get, could get a little bit better. Produced by Beth Gibson and Irit Pollack. My name's Irit Pollack, but this episode was produced entirely by Beth Gibson, my co-producer. It's called Bearing Witness, and it's about something that's happened to pretty much all of us, but that doesn't make it any easier to know what to do. I was about 18, and I was in the city walking down Flinders Lane, and I'd just come out of a shop. I could see this young guy, might have been 25. At first I thought it was just casual hanging his arm around his girlfriend. That was my assumption. I kind of glanced over because something must have gone off in my mind like oh that wasn't quite the right picture and it turned out he had his hand grasping at her neck and his other hand wasn't actually cozy around her he was actually like had a vice grip on her other arm and he was sort of aggressively whispering well I couldn't tell what he was saying because it was quite far at that point but he was aggressively whispering and pushing her along and they'd walk a couple of steps, stop, really nasty look on his face, saying things in her ear. She had tears streaming down her face, which I only realised because I walked a little bit closer and I stopped and I was like, oh shit, like this is actually something. This is totally not what I thought it was. And I watched them for a little bit and I was just, I was kind of in shock and I was really, I felt really young. Well, looking back on it, I was quite young because I didn't feel like I had any ability to do anything, so I was just watching him do this to her. And then I just watched this sort of scene unfold where he's pushing her violently down the street, every so often stopping, and she's bawling her eyes out. And it was in the middle of the day, and it was very busy, and no one else stopped. Men walked past them, women walked past them, I looked at this guy who's walking past me and I kind of did this sideways glance like, are you seeing this? He didn't do anything. He kind of gave me this funny look like, whatever. They were turning a corner and he pushed her against the wall. And I went, oh fuck, like I'm the only one who's really taking notice of this situation. And I was staring at them. I'm still across the street and I just stock still staring. And he pushed her against the wall, said something and then before I could even do anything, if I had the courage to, he'd he'd gone into a laneway. This was this situation where I was so scared, I didn't know what to do, so I just just kept walking because everyone else had just kept walking. Other people had seen it, other people had witnessed it. In my mind then, real adults had seen it and witnessed it and walked by. And I just walked away. And then I think when I got home, I, I told my parents, they were like, oh my God, you gotta call Crime Stoppers. What are you doing? Like, you know, you gotta call the police. Like, that's something serious. I thought about calling someone, but I never did. I don't know why. And I still feel really bad about it. I, I think part of it was that you're socialized to not intervene. Any woman will attest to the fact that from a young age you're told violent men run away, keep away, don't do anything, get away from them. But also, at the same time, you're socialised to be so polite to men. 
it's almost like your brain tricks itself to double guess and say, oh, maybe. And that's why the whole half the time I was staring at them trying to figure out, like, am I actually seeing this or am I being impolite staring at this couple in the street? Like, are they a couple? Like, am I just reading into this too much? And what do you do? Like, that's the thing. You think, well, okay, if I'm going to do something, but then you're so shocked you're so taken aback by shock and it's so unexpected that whatever you can't plan and think okay I'm going to just calmly call the police right now or I'm going to talk to this guy because you feel like it's so immediate that it's either you jump in there and get in between them or you do nothing do you know what it kind of reminds me of it's like when someone's sitting next to you and it's a guy and he's a bit creepy and you're thinking Am I overthinking this? Am I just making this up in my head? Is he looking at me really weird? Did he just like kind of like brush against me in a way that he didn't need to? Am I like really going crazy and paranoid or is it real? Maybe if she'd yelled, help me, maybe I wouldn't have had that hesitancy and maybe I would have stepped in, but I didn't. Recently, so this lady got on the train. This guy was, he sort of was taking up a lot of space and he was sort of puffing himself up a bit and he, you could tell that he was watching and staring and leering at all the other women who were getting on the train. So he was trying to make, he was trying to communicate with every single woman who got on. And I don't want to communicate with you, so that already annoyed me. So then this young woman came in and she hadn't realised it because she just she just walked in, went straight to a seat that was free. And then he started to really harass her. So he said, hey baby, what's going on? She ignored him. A minute later, oh, don't you want to talk? She ignored him. She starts to get red in the face and he's blushing a little bit. He says, why don't you want to talk to me? She ignores him. She looks out the window. He says, don't you want to be my friend? And she, she turns over, she says, I, I, I don't want to be your friend. And this enraged him. He's like, what do you mean you don't want to be my friend? Come on, baby. And I'm staring at her and I looked at her and she looked at me and I got this, no, I'm not taking this. So I moved and I sat right next to her. So what that meant is that she was in the inner seat. I was next to her and I was separating him from her. And then he goes to me, what are you doing here? And I said, we don't want to talk to you. She doesn't want to talk to you. You need to be quiet. And I put my hand up and I gave him this really stern look. And I was shocked that it worked because he actually backed down. A really firm hand as opposed to that terrified politeness you feel obliged to give someone who's harassing you. This firm hand actually worked and he backed down. When she got off the train, I ran up after her and I was like, hey, I'm really sorry he said that to you. Like, are you okay? Like, you looked really upset. She was like, no, 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 thank you so much. I really appreciated you coming and sitting there. Actually, the older I am, the more accustomed I am to sort of pushing aside that initial fear of disrupting social norms of politeness. But if I hadn't had an experience where I didn't step in, maybe I wouldn't have learned that it's important to. And it's important to, even if it doesn't look like it's a very extreme situation. 
But if it's just some small thing that's making someone uncomfortable and that's not right, yeah, I think that that's what that whole lesson has actually taught me. This episode was produced by Beth Gibson for Private Parts, but it's also being broadcast by All the Best in Australia. It has a podcast too, so if you like Australian stories in your eardrums, then subscribe to All the Best on iTunes. Otherwise, we'll catch you soon for the next Private Parts episode.